Glory to God. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and take this opportunity just to come before you. Thank you for the privilege that we have as your children just to gather together in this place. To lay down every other thing that is more important to us but just to focus on you. We ask you, King of Kings, saturate us with your presence. Allow us to enjoy this moment of fellowship with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we will not waste this time and be here and our minds be elsewhere. I pray that you will allow us to maximize every opportunity we do without wasting any second, any minute of this day, that we will gather seriously, focusing on listening to you and really receiving from you, Abba Father. And so I pray that you will nullify and cancel any other thought that doesn't come from you from taking its place or ruling our minds and our spirit, but that we, will, that we will enjoy dwelling with you. We will enjoy having fellowship with you. That we will come out of this place rich because we've met you, or we'll come out of this place changed because you've spoken to us. And we, we, we speak this and pray this in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen, amen church. I was so... So excited about the 94% of rain. <laughs> I was glad that Pastor Dave decided to put me first, and I was saying, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. In fact, even Andre said, Sean, this is your kind of weather. You know, when I bumped into him in the bathroom, I said to him, yes, it is. It, it, it's funny because I did, not, I did not ask God for the title. I, I, I prayed, and God gave me the title. And it seems as if he always gives me a title that has some connection, one or another, with the weather. And so... You are welcome. Thank you for your desperation for, for the word of God <laughs> and for God's presence. I pray that you'll be blessed and that the Lord will really minister to you as you take us through the scriptures on this day. Can I, can I see it right now? It's okay. I can see you. I, as I was praying, I, I had this this message some time ago, and I was praying about it. I don't know about you, but I, I, I really am ready for the move of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I am frustrated by the fact that I, I am not experiencing it the way I sense and I desire to experience it. And I, and I, I am done with worship and praise and word. I, I really want to get into the gist of salvation. How it transformed from Judaism, the religion of the Jews, into Christianity was through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've been saying to God, I need, I need you to move and step in because we, we, we can be here as many times as we want, but we know that just one minute in God's presence, it can change a lifetime of somebody. And, I, and I've been praying for it. And so in my seeking God, that, that God gave me this, this unity for fire. Unity for fire, because I've been saying, God, what is it that is keeping us from experiencing your presence? What is it that we are not doing right? Please reveal to us. And I'm not saying this is the solution. Don't, 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 don't quote me and say this is it. This is what God said. This could be one of the reasons why there's a delay in us experiencing this, this overflow of the Holy Spirit. And so it's found in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 4. As you read the scripture behind me, it says, and being with them, Jesus now, being, being assembled together with them, his disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait 
for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus made this promise. And I, I know it's interesting for us because every time we look at scripture now, we are, we are looking back. We, we sometimes make as if we know what was happening in that time. Sometimes we even have an idea that this must have been an easy thing for them to do. But it's interesting that Jesus' command was simple. Do not leave. Do not leave Jerusalem. And it was interesting for me, but why would he put this as a commandment? Why, why would they want to leave Jerusalem? Why would Jesus need to say it in such a tone that they would understand that if they did depart from Jerusalem, they will miss the promise. They will miss the promise. And so uh, we all know what had happened, but sometimes we have a notion to think that this maybe happened three months after the crucifixion. We can forget that this happened just in days after the crucifixion. Now, Jesus was crucified by the community. Yes, the religious leaders were behind it, but the community rallied behind them and they used them to crucify Christ. And so, I don't know about you, but in the days of my upbringing, in the time of violence in South Africa, I had witnessed, at age 19 years old, I witnessed in Johannesburg where my mom and my family stays, how, what it is called, this community mob justice. I witnessed it at 19 years old how community can rally together to kill somebody. How they can all come together to catch. It was an incident where one guy came to steal. He was a thief. And in the community where my mom stays in Joburg, the people have a system there where they identify each other when there's a breaking in. And so they would blow a whistle. And the whistles blew in the night. And so my sister, older than me, jumped and says, they are catching somebody. And so we went outside to see what's happening. And they ran. They got the guy. I mean, far away from where we stay, they brought him back. All the men, the fathers that I have seen during the day, collected, come, business people, fine. That night, I saw the other version of them. There was no kindness. I mean, they beat the guy up. My sister, me and my sisters are not, we didn't, we didn't grow up in Joburg. She's from Cape Town, I was from King. And so she screams and says, no, I think it's enough, stop. The people turn back and say, you know him? You are part of this? I had to quiet the night. I just said, Shh, keep quiet, keep quiet, please. I don't have to lose you too in this. Because now you screaming for mercy means you associate with this person. And they will turn around and hit you. The very people my mom lived with, the people who know we are not from there, we are visiting, we had seen, they, they murdered him and left him there. Eight o'clock in the morning, his body was still lying there. Nine o'clock, his body was still lying there. At 12 noon, the, what do you call those people, the most shooter guys, they came and got him. And the community was okay. Nothing was, no one was bothered by it. I had witnessed this gruesome crime, and I, I'm looking at these guys the next day, I'm saying, I cannot trust that one again. No, 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 trust this guy. You must keep, keep away from this father. He, he's violent, you know. You, you start to see people, but there was a shift in the community. It was a shift for us. We, 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 we realized, me and my sister, that this is not the kind of place we can stay in. Yes, it is safe, but if they are capable of doing this, what else can they not do? There was a sense of fear from us. Now, can you imagine the disciples just witnessed something like that? They'd witnessed their Lord Christ 
crucified by the community. They had witnessed people mocking and beating him. They had witnessed everything, and it is just a few days after. Because he rose up on the third day. So a few days after, Jesus comes back and he says, now you'll be assuming, why did they not meet in the synagogue? They could not go to the synagogue. Because if they went to the synagogue, they'll be next in line. They'll be crucified as well. So they had to find a different place to meet. But there was a fear. There was a sense. There was something else happening in Jerusalem that they knew they are no longer safe because this is what the community is capable of. They witnessed it. And Jesus says, but in the midst of it all, do not. It's interesting eh? that they find the Holy Spirit in that very place. He could have said, go to my birth town, but he did not. He says, do not go. And this is what he promised them. It's not moving. Okay. This, this is what he was trying to talk about when he says, as John promised this, Luke chapter 3, verse 16, he tells us, John saying this, John answered saying to all, indeed, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loosen. He baptized with Holy Spirit and fire. So they had to wait there for the Holy Spirit and for the fire. It bothered me. I know I'm talking to saved Christian people. You are very, very saved. So you know scripture. You're not bothered. It bothered me. Why does it say Holy Spirit and fire? Why, why are they separating these two? Why is it not Holy Spirit's fire? Why, why is there a distinction? Why is the Holy Spirit and fire? What, what is with the fire? How do I get the fire? I know how to get the Holy Spirit. I have to ask. But there is no scriptural reference on how to get the fire. And I suppose we have now the Holy Spirit, but we are missing the spark for the fire. Because they were promised, not one, <laughs> they were promised the Holy Spirit and fire. And we witnessed the fire, but how come we don't have it? We have the Holy Spirit, we do. But not the fire. Now, in our, in our, in our, in our family group, Willie asked this question. And this, this is Willie's problem. He, he brought me this. It is his fault. I blame him. When he asked us to go through the book of Acts, because how can we don't experience the same miracles as are experienced by the apostles in the book of Acts. Will he ask this question? And my answer to him is, we will never be able to do as the apostles in the book of Acts. And I was disappointed by my answer, but I had convictions why I said it. I, I understood that we, we, we don't get where those people were. And, and it bothered me that I said this negative feedback to Willie. It felt negative, great one, but it was an honest feedback. And really, we, we, we will not, we are not, I don't know if we will ever be able, ever be able to experience that move of God like the apostles did. Because, not because we live in a different time, no. But it seems as if there's something that we are not searching for that they got. We are missing something. And, and, and I pondered about it. And I prayed about this. And as I was praying about it, this is what the Lord revealed. Go for it, Farizah Rena. Acts 1.14. These, the apostles, with one accord in prayer and supplications, with the women and the mother of Jesus, 
and with his brothers, there was one word that disturbed me, one accord. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Then I said to myself, there's a pattern I need to understand. I am not English speaking. I'm false, so I, I read the Bible and I try to understand it. But what is the meaning of one accord? Why is there, why is there a repetition of it? What does it mean? And, 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 and I try to find its, its meaning, and that's what, that's what I could get. When a group of people acts single-mindedly, unanimously, in harmony, in unity, without dissent, they operate in one accord. More specifically, it says, these words in the original language convey an inner unity, oneness of what? My Lord. Now, I can tell you now, I do not come to church to present oneness. I do not come to church to expect to be in oneness of mind and heart with you. I, I do not see that is what church is. I don't view church that way. Simply because my whole life I've been wounded and hurt by people in the church. My understanding of church has been so much distorted by the leaders that I've trusted in my youth, in my upbringing, in the church that have hurt me. I have been hurt more in the church than outside the church. It is in the church that I've been stepped down, looked down, overlooked, and being told that I'm nobody. It is in the church that even no matter how great my gifts are, how great the Lord is revealing them, that they'll find an opportunity not to raise me up but to push me down. It was the church that never fanned my gifts into flame, but they tried everything possible to distinguish and to diminish the fire in me. So church, I do not come to church for oneness in mind. I don't come for oneness in heart. No, I don't. I have decided to come to church for the Lord. I come for the Holy Spirit, not for you. I have learned through my brokenness. I want you to hear me because you are the same. I want you to understand me. You do the same thing. You, you, you might, you might. The reason I don't focus on you and me is because it's better that you blame me than to blame yourself. It's better to focus on me. But the truth of the matter is, if we look at that description, that definition, we know for a fact that we don't come to church for that. We can bend together for 20 minutes in worship. We have learned to unify ourselves for a task, but to never live in unity. We don't grasp nor understand what it means to live in unity. Because the church is not a place of safety for most of us. It's a place of wounds. Most of you are here from different churches. You didn't just be born again at City Church. You've been born again somewhere else. You have a history. You have a church history of hurt and woundedness. So when you come here, you don't come here with an open heart. You don't come here to give us you. You come to receive from us. You don't come to offer what you have. You come to receive what we get. So it's never a kind of place where your worship, what you offer, can enrich us all. No. You are so broken, so wounded that you cannot even offer what God has given you, even though you have the gifts and the talents. You come to receive. Why? Because the previous churches you've been to, they've restricted your ability to trust your own anointing. 
they have locked you in, in a prison, in an emotional and mental prison, that your gift is even a torment to you because it was never opened, it was never fanned into flame. That you are even ashamed or afraid to love if you are a lover because you don't want again to be called outside and say you are too friendly with other people. If you, have a, if, you, if you have a gift of service, you are a servant, you can't sit down, you must fix something they say, say, sorry, you must know your place. That's not your job. There's a job for someone to do that. Don't just get up and fix our chairs. This is not your church. We have deacons for that. But you have a servant gift. You want to offer you, but the church restricted you. So what do you do? You don't blame God. No, 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 no. no. All of us are so religious that we have, we have learned to forgive God, but not his people. And so we come here for God. We come here for the Holy Spirit, not for us. No, no, no. No, no, not for us. We come here for God. We come here for him, to worship him, and to, and to saturate, and to, and to just join in and be soaked up in him. And we neglect and even close our eyes because we don't want to be disturbed. Amen. The churches you come from, you can't even express yourself in prayer. If you are praying, I don't know, if you come from Enrique, you could never speak in tongues. So obviously you could not pray. No matter how much the Holy Spirit was speaking in you, you could not pray. So the language of prayer is limited. Now all of a sudden there's a fire burning inside of you. You want to release praise and prayer. You are afraid. You are afraid to pray. There's a Holy Spirit moving inside of you, but you're so aware where you come from that you can't even speak in tongues. You're even ashamed of your own tongues because of where we come from. So the honest truth is when I looked at that, I said, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. I, don't, I, I, I didn't think that that's possible. I didn't think that that's what it is. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see myself coming for that. No, 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 I don't. There are only few people here I like already, not all. <laughs> Let's be honest. There are only few people I talk to here, not all. So how do I come? How do I come? For oneness, how? I don't come for it. And I said to myself, if I don't come for oneness, how many other people who are here feel the same? If I don't come for oneness, if I have given up on oneness, if I have seen oneness is unattainable, how many others are here feeling the same way? How many of us, we look at it and we try to, but the prison of where we come from is still holding us so tightly back that we can't. That's why we say it's their thing. It's for them, not for me. We, we've even created a language of comfort where we comfort ourselves and says, no, 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 they can do it, but not me. They are privileged, but not me. And yet, the, the culture of church as explained in the book of Acts, it was a place where there was no one above the other. It was a culture of community, a culture of single-mindedness, unity of the heart. If I see you happy, I am happy. I am pleased to be with you and next to you because you are my brother. That's what it meant. But that is, that is not who we are. It's not who we are. The person sitting next to you, except your spouse, the one sitting next to you, except your spouse, you don't even worry about that person. You are not here for them. They can be crying next to you. You are not worried about their tears. Praise you, God. Jesus blessed them, but I'm here for you. That is church. 
then how do we expect fire? <laughs> Can you call fire when it's just one, one piece of wood? Can you call it fire? Can it be fire if it's just one single piece of wood? Can you, can you call it? Okay, take it. Okay. <laughs> now do you understand what we're missing? We cannot transition. We cannot spark into fire because fire requires... <laughs> fire for us to be the church we are meant to be for fire to be fire it requires unity even in the wood you put in there they are formed together in unity to create fire that's what fire is this as long as we are here for our own self and don't worry about anybody else, as long as we are here for the Lord and forget this, we will never spark the fire. We have the Holy Spirit, but we're missing that key ingredient. Because that one, it requires us, not God. No, 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 no. This one, it requires us to come to the place where we get over our hurt. Where we can be honest enough and acknowledge that we have been hurt somewhere. That we don't understand church the way we're supposed to understand it. That church or family of believers is not the same. If we can be honest enough to get to that place, say, Lord, transform me, help me not to enter city church with the same way I've been doing the other churches. Not to fellowship amongst the city church believers with the same mindset. Not to look at them and see how they are going to quickly hurt me again. Help me to lower my God. Help me to take off my bulletproof vest. Because I had to put on armor for believers, not for Satan. Yes. Yes. If we are honest enough, we will know that the armor of God, it was never meant for, we put it on for us. Because it is us who hurts us the most. More than the devil outside. And so if we are honest enough, we will realize that, Lord, and then I was thinking this, and I said to myself, Willie, this is why. I, I don't mean to disrespect church. Willie. No, 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 I'm talking about me. I, I, I have not thought that I would come for this. And I said, Lord, help me, help me understand now what you meant when you were explaining to us how these believers lived. Let's go for it, Serena. Let's go for it. Next one. Now, this is what they did. Now, if we understand what one accord means, we can reflect back now to where we find it in the other scriptures and see how that took place. These people, these believers, were united in prayer, not for 10 minutes, not for 50 minutes in church. They lived a life of oneness in prayer. They prayed. You know how difficult it is to pray with people and focus on that prayer, even for 10 minutes, without thinking your own things? Let's be honest. You, you, you see, you are too, too spiritual, man. You don't get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I can pray with David for five minutes, but while I'm praying for him, I am consumed with a lot of stuff I want to ask God about me. I have stuff I need from God. So I pray, Lord, this is David, Father, don't forget me, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry, Miss Mitch. In the name of Jesus, this is, I'm telling you, it's difficult to be in one accord, even in prayer. Where we block purposefully, where we separate us from our own things and bend in for this individual. 
and lay everything else and say, Father, I will sacrifice this 15 minutes. I will not think about myself. I will rebuke even my own mind if it trails away from this. I will, ex- I will, I will exert spiritual discipline. Help me in this instance to pray. Can you imagine if three of us gather together? Jesus says if two are gathered together in this way, I am there in their midst. If we can separate just 15 minutes where we focus wholeheartedly, united in mind and in heart, and we pray, miracles will happen. Because we would have shunned down selfishness and focused on this individual. And therefore, there is unity in prayer. We are not united in prayer. Because we're not disciplined to understand what unity looks like. Let's move on to the next slide before they, they, they rebel against me. They were united. <laughs> they were united in praise. One accord. In praise. Together, they lifted up one voice and called out to God and said, Oh, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, the seas and everything. They together in one accord. Unity of the heart. Unity of the mind. They glorified God. Can you imagine how beautiful that looks like to God? Can you, can you, oh Lord, have mercy. I, I, I was bothered by this kitchen because I said, Lord, I didn't, I said, Lord, I didn't understand it. I didn't know this is what you mean. I didn't know this is what you mean, that where, where there's unity, you command a blessing. I have never experienced this unity. Never experienced it. Because I've always come to church alert and awake to the reality that I might be hurt here. I've always come to church careful and cautious of who I am and what I say because I will be hurt here. So I never understood that this is what you meant when we bend in together to praise him. Together to praise him. Not to ask, but to say, you, Lord, you, you are the reason we are here. You, 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 you mean everything. That we don't waste this opportunity of us coming together. That when we come before him, even if it's for 10 minutes, that 10 minutes, we give it all to him. All to him. Next one, Sarina. United in fellowship. With one accord in fellowship. United in fellowship. This is so difficult to do. Me and Carol tried this. Carol will tell you, we've tried this, and he's tried. Yeah, this poor, poor man. Bless God. Bless him, Lord. I, I respect Carol very much. He's got a good heart. He tried it. We tried it, and, and we, we just couldn't find it. And I didn't know why. I understand now. Lord reveals a lot to me because you, I don't know what it's like to give in. I don't know what it's like to fellowship. You see, it's so easy for you to give your money. It's easy. You can even give money to even impress your own self. You can do it. You can give. It's more challenging for you to give your time. Because it requires all of you. And fellowship is time. They were together. They spent time. Now, you have to bite most your tongue because they're going to say things you don't like. You have to control your judgment mind because they're going to say, speak things you don't like. Even their language is not as, ho- as, as holy as we thought it was. When you spend time with somebody, you hear their language, you like, Lord, have mercy. But you hear it. So you would rather give. You see, when we read the scripture that there was no need amongst them, we're thinking that they collected money and they gave to people. If you were struggling with coffee, here's coffee. If you needed me, here's it. That's not what it was. They were together in fellowship. 
You can only know my need if you spend time with me. Because I'm not trusting. I don't trust easily. Me and you can spend time, I will not tell you. You can ask it, I won't tell you. Because I want to know what you want to know. But in fellowship, as I get to know you and trust you, you can then know my need. Because my need requires trust. It requires relationship. And not, not just me, some of you are like that. Can you imagine now in a church, if we're thinking that just by giving, we'll meet every need? We won't. Not every. <laughs> we will meet the obvious needs. Yes, we'll meet them. But there are needs that, that, that requires fellowship, trust, oneness, that will never come out until we realize that spending time together is what true fellowship is. Yes, Arena, I'm about to close. They were united in signs and wonders. I am baffled by the book of Acts. It doesn't say that Peter's miracle, when we look at it, Acts chapter 3 and 4, it doesn't say Peter's miracle, even though Peter was with John when they healed the lame beg. No, 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 no. It could have labeled it Peter's miracle because that's what we would have loved. But it talks about the apostles. You see, it says, together, by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders. They don't single out. Now I understood what Pastor Dave always says, that we cannot be the main peanut in the pack. It didn't make sense to me. I don't even like peanuts. I'm like, what is he trying to say? But I understood now what he's trying to say. That we come from a culture that likes to put us, certain individuals in front and say, I lead the way, follow me, I know it all, I know everything, you just do as I do. And then therefore we label things based on people. But in the book of Acts it says, many signs and wonders were not labeled to any individual, but it was a band of believers. It was a band. Why? Because all of them were together in it. There was no need for Peter to take credit because John was with him. And John was in one accord in that prayer, even though he didn't speak it, but Peter speak. But John was in one accord with Peter. And a miracle happened. And we miss this because we don't understand one accord. We don't understand one accord. I close with this, Arena. United in persecution theory. As we know that one. When Peter was arrested, what did the believers do? They prayed. They could have ran home. I know your prayer meetings. I know our church prayer meetings. It's a 10 minutes of tea and coffee. We have an hour prayer meeting. 10 minutes of tea and coffee. 5 minutes of greeting and talking. How are you? 15 minutes of tea and coffee. Half an hour for the 5 minutes of just warming up to prayer. Then 10 minutes of praying for Peter. That's what we would have done. Because we would not pray for Peter for the whole hour. Why? Why is it so important for us to do so? We're not used to. But they did. They banded together to pray for him. And a miracle happened. We know the story. How the angel freed him from prison. But the main thing is, in one accord, they did. They did. <laughs> Bend it together. And that's what the Lord said to me. Let's, do, let's continue this one. Why? why? Why living in unity? Why didn't I name the title that way? Ask the Lord. Why didn't you ask me to say living in unity, if that's what you wanted? And the Lord says we miss it. It's funny. I close with this. We serve a God that is three in one. We serve a God that is three in one. That's who we serve. 
There is no way of telling at creation who did what. We cannot say that it was the Holy Spirit that created the waters. And it was the Father that created the mountains. It was Jesus who created the flowers and the trees. We can't. Because unity is not, God doesn't command a blessing because he values unity. He is unity. It's who he is. It's who he is. It is when we have come to the understanding of the very faith we profess to have. That's what unity is. God is pleased when he finally sees that we finally get this is who he is. And therefore, when we live in unity, we, it's a true reflection of who God is. It's like God looking at himself in the mirror when we bend together because there is no distinction. We cannot separate Jesus, Holy Spirit, from Abba Father. They, are, they have been and will always act in oneness. It's who they are. It is us who miss it. It is us who puts our own agenda forward, who wants to be recognized. And when we do it, we break this covenant that God has called us into. And God waits for us to come back to it. You see, for us to experience the fire, we need to be true to what we call ourselves. We need to live accordingly to what the Father expects us to live. And then that fire, that fire, it will come because your 10% would be wholeheartedly and my 5% would be wholeheartedly and together we will cause heaven to respond. Because God says this is why we created them. It's so interesting how he speaks as a one individual but in the same voice he is three. In one. We, 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 we will struggle with this because for us, we want the miracle so we can shine. No, God wants the miracle so he can be reflected, so his heart can be revealed, so that the spark can come out. And so if you are here, you are still wounded, you are still broken from the previous churches you've been at, this is your opportunity to come and heal. This is your opportunity to come to the Father and confess to him that, Father, I am sorry. I understood really why God gave me Psalm 51, verse 10. I understood it. Why? For the past two weeks he gave it to me. When David says, create in me, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Why? Because there must be a renewal because the one I'm operating in it's still wounded. It's still not trusting. It's still hurting. I need God to help me to renew a right spirit so that I can serve him in the newness of the covenant I'm in. I'm in a new covenant and this covenant requires us to live in unity. This covenant requires us to bend in together. Not to unite for a cause but to live in unity. If you are here and you are still struggling as I have been, please come to the front. If you are here and you have not given your heart to this God, you have not understood it, you have struggled with salvation, this is an opportunity for you to be restored and to come to the place where you can surrender all of you to him and join us because we want 
to do church differently. We want to come wholeheartedly. We want to come wholeheartedly, single-mindedly. We want to bend in together. If there's anything, unforgiveness, bitterness, anything, woundedness or hurt from the church before, anything holding you back from giving your 100%, that is why we're here. We want to pray with you. We want to cleanse you and help the Holy Spirit cleanse us so that we can start to spark each other. So we can start to rub off each other fire to fire. So that you can start to come ablaze. We need to be a flame for Christ. The world is starving. The world is being destroyed by Satan while we are still nursing our wounds. We need to come out of it and come into the relationship with him and ask him, Lord, help us to spark one another. So let's lay it down. Let's break those shackles. Let's lay those false, those false things that the enemy has kept in you. The false religion, false humility, fake love, fake love, inability to connect because we are wounded and say, Lord, help us. We want to find your heart. We want when we come together, we want to make sure it's impossible for you not to be with us when we come together because we reflect you. Our hearts are for you. Amen. And Pastor Dave, you want to help me? We, we are calling you. Come for, come for prayer. It's not for you to hesitate. You know what I'm talking about. It's for you to come and receive. If you need salvation, if you have not been saved before, it's an opportunity for you to come to this family of believers, to experience this love that the world doesn't know. If you've been wounded and if you are you, you are not on fire anymore. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You once were. Yes, then you got hurt. Then you stopped. Trust in God. Release your gift. Here is your time. Here is your time. Come join us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, King of Kings. Father, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not be silenced by our hurt and our woundedness, Lord Jesus. But we are pressing through, Holy Spirit, and asking you to help us prevail, to overcome the things that are holding us back. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, to walk amongst us. Breathe afresh upon us, Holy Spirit. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, so we can live in the fullness of your glory, in the fullness of your salvation, that we can enjoy the joy of being saved, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.